Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Oh, yeah. We needed that this week. Yes, we did. Let that wash over you. Just take a moment. Take a deep breath. That Ramon. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus walked. Oh, when he walked. When Jesus walked. When Jesus walked. When Jesus walked. Away. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. But first, to get us started, courtesy of Chad Nakanishi, our Week in Review. 
And now Republican Governor Scott Walker wants to take on Washington. My record shows that I know how to fight and win. He joins a crowded field of GOP hopefuls. I would argue that we have the strongest field of Republican candidates. We've never had a field like this. Not in the modern era. Not in the TV era. It's not the job of the President of the United States to solve every problem in the Middle East. We have to address the youth in the region with jobs and opportunity and a better vision for the future. Apparently, if you don't give young people jobs, they join ISIS or gangs or kill people or steal your car. As you well know, there are four Americans in Iran, three held on trumped-up charges, according to your administration. One, can you tell the country, sir, why you are content with all the fanfare around this deal to leave the conscience of this nation and the strength of this nation unaccounted for in relation to these four Americans? i got to give you credit, Major, for how you craft those uh, those questions. First, Major, that, that's nonsense, and you should know better. And you should know better. As if he shouldn't be asked a question. How dare you ask him a question? Lawmaker accused of exposing her chest during a dispute with her ex-husband. Democratic delegate Ariana Kelly has been charged with indecent exposure and trespassing. Enraged, Kelly rang the doorbell, banged on the front door, and then allegedly lifted up her shirt and flashed her bare breasts. You're at your ex-husband's house, banging down the door with a boob in each hand, shaking them at him. Somebody out there is keeping Portland weird, all right. They threw a bunch of sex toys onto power lines. Where did all those sex toys hanging from power lines all across Portland come from? A spokesman for Portland General Electric says he does not believe the toys pose a fire hazard. He's checked them out. These, these dildos are not flammable. Comedian Greg Fitzsimmons will be popping in this hour. At some point, he's going to be at the Improv this weekend. You know, uh, what happened in Tennessee yesterday with this Muslim that shot and killed four Marines. Walking Islamic trash bag. Shot and killed four Marines. Somebody forgot to tell him it was a gun-free zone. That was such a fun concert, honey. Can you believe you 2 played every one of their hits? Yeah, I know. Bono was amazing. But the concert went a little late. Where did we park the car anyway? Uh, we, we parked around here somewhere. I, I think we're on that side street. Hey, stick them up, Pesce! <gasps> Put your hands in the sky, homie, or you and your wife are going to get shot in the face. Wait a second. You can't shoot us. Yeah, that would be impossible. Huh? What are you talking about, gringos? Well, this is a gun-free zone. Didn't you see the sign? Um, it is? Yeah, look right there on the side of that building. Gun-free zone. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Sorry about that. I had no idea. It's really no problem. I'm so embarrassed. I I didn't even realize. Don't worry about it. It happens to all of us. Uh, you guys have a good night, okay? You too! Good night! Remember, folks, you can't use a gun in a gun-free zone. This has been a message from the Democrat Party. (laughs) 713-212-5874. 713-212-5874. 
Greg Fitzsimmons will be stopping in on us later in the hour. Give you a little uh, taste of Greg Fitzsimmons. Not supposed to say black, supposed to say African-American, which, of course, started as Afro-American. And then black people went, eh, sounds like a haircut. Let's go African. Can't say Negro and you can't say colored. That's offensive. Now, I can cut a check to the United Negro College Fund. I can write a check to the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. I just can't say it out loud as I hand them the money. <laughs> Which brings us, of course, to the N-word. Ooh. Yeah, even, even the phrase describing the word maybe go, no, back up, Craig, back up. I need a phrase describing the phrase describing the word. That's how dangerous it is. I can't say it, never. Black people, some black people can say it, some black people feel like they shouldn't say it. Latinos can't say it, unless you're from the hood. If you're from the hood, you can say it. But if you're from Mexico, you better say black. I need a website where every 20 seconds it spits out who can say what to who in what situation. Just whiteguycantwin.com. He's <laughs> a regular guest on the Howard Stern Show, Chelsea Lately, the Adam Carolla Show, and the Joe Rogan Experience. His podcast is called Fitz Dog. Anyway, we'll talk to him later in the hour, but your call is coming up next. The Michael Berry Show continues. Girls from Georgia are sweeter than peaches. Ones from California made for bathing suits and beaches. Minnesota gal, she'll feel like a sweater. But the girls from Texas are just a little bit better. Mississippi's got all them Delta Queens. And Louisiana Cajun girls beat all I've ever seen. Ever kiss a girl from Kansas, you damn sure won't forget her. But the girls from Texas are just a little bit better. Feel the southern draw and the ones in Arkansas. They're so sexy in New Mexico. But the only Tennessee ain't in Tennessee. Waiting for me in San Antonio Up in Oklahoma, they're more than just okay They don't come over Open line Friday, 713-212-5874 Dean in Tennessee, go ahead, sir Hey, how you doing? Uh, Michael, it's uh, good to talk to you Thank you the, uh, I have some kind of insight that I might be able to offer to the situation. I got a real crazy story that will kind of tell you about what we go through on a, on a daily basis. It's uh, uh, One time, I am a recruiter, so I can't put out too much information. I've only got just a couple of more months doing that, and I'll go to Korea and stuff like that. But uh, we were in our recruiting office one day, and you have the most mixture of individuals will come in and try to join. Well, one day, we had this little old chunky fella um, to kind of give you a little picture of what, what he looked like. He walked in wearing hospital pants. He probably weighed about 300 pounds and probably about, you know, five, six or something, a little chunky round fella. Had a camouflage shirt on, walks in our office, and we're standing there looking at him like, okay, well, here we go. Uh, he asked, hey, why won't y'all let, let me join? We're like, well, you know, he might be disqualified. 
He goes, every time I walk in here, you guys tell me I can't join. So we're like, who told you? He goes, the men in black. So we're like, ah, oh, all right, this is going to be fun. So we, uh, we, we started recording it. We said, so why did they tell you you couldn't join? He goes, well, I don't know. They, they rolled me over in a ditch, and the men in black stuck needles in my side. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, we had him fill out a uh, little prequal sheet, and, you know, normally it's only about 10 minutes to fill it out. About 45 minutes later, he slams it down on my desk with the most stern look on his face, and uh, I went through and looked at it and said, dude, you didn't even write your name in here. He goes, I don't think you need to know that info. I was like, all right, well, you know, there's nothing we can do for you. You might be overweight. He starts screaming. So one of my buddies, who's kind of like a law enforcement mentality, grabs a guy, and he's like, well, look, we're going to get your height and weight, and if you make the weight, we'll let you in. He goes, go ahead and take your shoes off. This little all-around feller starts undressing in the middle of our office. We're like, okay, well, this is getting weird. But finally, we get him kicked out. As he's on the way out the door, he says that he's basically going to come back whenever he feels like it, and he said in an aggressive manner. He walks out to his little old hatchback he's got. Um, we had cars between us and him, and we couldn't really tell what he was doing, but I've seen him flip his hatch open, and he grabbed something and slung it across his back. I immediately turned to my partners, and I was like, hey, he just, he just put a rifle on his back, and he turned around and started walking back towards us. At that point, people are they're running like men. They're not running like girls and screaming and stuff like that. But uh, they start flipping over desks, heading to the back. And I turn around, I run back to the front and lock the door because I figured that was the most reasonable thing to do. But uh, this little old chunky fella comes back, and we find out it's a tent on his back. And he starts... What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Road marching around our parking lot. And, uh... These kind of events literally happen on a daily basis, and you don't really know if, if the guy's going to be a threat or if he's just insane the way he is. But um, it's, it's really hard to tell on a daily basis what could happen to us. You know, uh, there was the case a few years ago where uh, it was a, a black guy who had become a Muslim and uh, shot up the shot and killed a uh, a recruiter these have not been um uh, th th this is obviously not the first of these now, i'm not quite sure where the mentality comes in for the recruiting stations other than that that is sort of a retail face of the military exactly. and it's exactly. it's far easier than going on to a base where you'd have you'd have difficulty getting there mm -hmm. and they know that there's a there's like, you'll see it on the Internet. There's a sign post on the door that says this is a federal installation. You can't bring any weapons in there. And we're not allowed to carry weapons. So for somebody that's been trained their whole life, self-defense, identify targets, eliminate them as a threat, you, know, you feel so vulnerable in that situation. Um, there's actually some stuff you guys haven't even heard on the news. There was some stuff in Ohio that happened that, um, you know, where Air Force, I believe it was, they were driving down the road and somebody tried to get out and kidnap a, a, a female airman. And they had the intention to cut her head off, and that stuff never made the news. Yeah, I, I, um, I think that these cases are so high profile and have such a psychological effect 
on the public that this is not the last of these you'll see. And particularly in the case of this guy in Chattanooga, I don't think you can stop them. You can't stop an individual from driving past a uh, recruiting station and spraying the station with bullets. There's, you, you can put a barricade around the, the recruiting station, but that's impractical. Uh, I don't think that's the best use of our time or money. It was June of 2009 when a fellow who was born as Carlos Leon Bledsoe, black fellow who had converted to Islam, changed his name to Abdul Hakim Mujahid Muhammad, shot up a military recruiting center in Little Rock, Arkansas. One dead, one injured, in a case that looked a lot like Chattanooga yesterday. I had uh, uh, Quan LX tell me a couple of years ago off air, and then I asked him to tell it on there, and to his credit, he did, his concerns over the fact that uh, when he had gone to see someone in prison, he noticed that there were these uh, Muslim clerics there visiting black inmates. And he talked about uh, at a particular uh, mosque that's a black mosque. It's kind of a black nationalist mosque. I don't think it was the mosque he goes to, but I don't know that it matters. And I want to say it was over on OST um, here in Houston, but I can't recall. It was somewhere near the Third Ward. And he said that uh, uh, at this mosque – the uh, it was uh, Middle Eastern guys who were coming in, and they clearly were not worshippers uh, at this mosque. Typical wor- worshippers at this mosque are frequent worshippers at this mosque. And he was told by several members there that they were disturbed that these guys were coming in and uh, trying to recruit from the black mosque. So one of the things uh, I've had numerous people come out of prison and tell me this, and prison guards tell me that you have these Muslims going into uh, our prison system and attempting to recruit young black men. Now, think about this. You're sort of – you're at a point where you're serving time. You may have been in there multiple times. You you may have quite a while left to be in there. Uh, You don't think the world has given you a fair hand. Um, You're you're miserable. You hate the system. You hate your country – you may hate your family. You're left with nothing but time on your hands. And you're given the opportunity to find meaning in this world through your violence and through your anger. You're given a purposeful use of your anger and willingness to engage in violence. I mean, imagine you you, you got a young black man that feels the world has turned their back on him, and now someone is offering you uh, purpose, and, and your life is without purpose, that's a dangerous, dangerous cocktail. And I have heard numerous times that increasingly that is happening. I refuse to live in a world of fear, but by the same token, um, you got to see these things coming a mile away. The Michael Berry Show. The Michael Berry Show. Michael Berry Show. It's hilarious. Took my love, 
Show. Go ahead, Jeff. Yes. We talked about a year and a half ago about Parkinson's disease. I was still working. I work. I worked for SBHS as constructors for 24 years. For how many years? 24 years. 24 years. Okay. Very compassionate leadership there. And I was very, very passionate about safety, quality, both for us, for us as industry construction, concerned the oil and gas industry. Coffee is a very big safety concern as well, too, as you can imagine. But I've been supposed to move to South California to my wife and family there, and she's really close to her family. I'm starting a new business out there, by, by, by the way. So I'm, becoming a, I'm, I'm becoming an entrepreneur. I'm going to open a small business for myself. I'm very positive about this result. I've, I've also been on deep brain simulation therapy. I have the wires in my head. <laughs> if you can imagine that. Yeah. And it's having very, very positive results right now. And I just want to let you know that we're, we're very thankful for the time we spent a year and a half ago. I'm still hearing about people who have heard about that interview. They, they, they were touched. In a positive way, by, by, what, we, by what I said about that back then. And who is this guy? Who is, who is a positive person? I said, Michael Barry, I have to realize that the good Lord gave me a very strong spirit and a very, a very positive attitude. And before the good Lord gave me this part, he said, I want you to know, Jeffrey, you have these things to give. I want you to carry this thing. I want you to show people how it's done. How are we going to be positive in the face of adversity? And be positive and continue to be positive to everything. I think I had very positive results for the local business over in California. And I, I know it's going to happen because I am a positive person. And what I, what I will do, what I will, it will make it happen. Jeff, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> yes. Obviously, the Parkinson's affects your speech patterns, right? Yes, it does. But I can understand some of what you say much better than at other times. It Does it seem like it? I don't want to say comes and goes, but are, is that 
yeah, explain that to me. I don't know that much about the Parkinson's. Okay. Well, right now, my stimulation therapy was adjusted last Monday. And in the course of that experiment, I was getting more benefits from my motion disorder. My voice is a little bit clearer on these. But as time goes, I will get control of my voice back again. And when I get calm, I can respond very, very peace. I can calm, calm. Calm. Whenever I can calm myself down, my voice goes through very much more clearly. It's what people don't taught me. <laughs> well, it's because it's it it obviously makes for much better for much better uh, clarity. How long how long ago were you diagnosed with Parkinson's? Fifteen years ago. Yeah, well, and how old are you? I'm sixty years old. Six zero or five zero? Six, six zero. Oh well, okay. Well, good for as you. It is a, a, a Saturday. Well, well, happy birthday. Thank you. And thank you for uh, thank you for sharing that story. I <clears throat> I appreciate that. We we like to think that uh, you know we're at least trying to do some good in the world. And when someone says that we've had a positive influ- influence, we always appreciate it. I wish every person that wants to offer constructive criticism to the show would just instead. Think about the positive influence we provided in their lives, Ramon. Positive influence. Two quick things. Number one, uh, I heard from some friends of mine who were car dealers yesterday who said, Michael, I heard you were beating up on car dealers. Not true. Shall I send you a sound file of it? No. They just said, uh, 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 they just said you was talking bad uh, about car dealers. And it, it surprised me, Michael. I didn't expect you to be. You've always, you know, you've always, you know, trumpeted us. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know if people half-ass listen. Uh, I don't know if they, if people are bored and so they try to stir things. I don't know if people only hear what they want to hear. Um, you know, I, I'm convinced that if I picked up this red solo cup and said, you know, the way they do the O could be done differently because they don't need to have the one with the mug. I'd I'd hear from somebody that I hate red solo cups, and it's just sort of irritating because it, it's not true. But I want to clarify because people who heard me, I don't think would mistake what I said. I made comments about Greg Abbott's involvement in the Tesla case. I made comments about the fact that if you're going to be a free market guy, be a free market guy. And if Tesla wants to sell directly to the public, then so be it. And my comment about car dealers was, you don't have car dealers because the government protects the car dealer industry. You have car dealers because people would prefer to go to the dealer and have that relationship than to go directly to the manufacturer who won't be there tomorrow. That's a positive, not a negative. So anybody who said anything other than that is an idiot. Greg Fitzsimmons, comedian. Bon vivant. Jackass will be our guest coming up next. Okay, he's not a jackass. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. He was listening, so I didn't want to think we liked him. Extremely entertaining. The Michael Berry Show. The Michael Berry Show. So I love him. Simmons is our guest. I'm going to play a quick bit. I'm going to burn a minute and a half of our time because I want him to comment on it. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, was it too loud? No. Um, because I want him to comment on this. Welcome, everyone, to Comedy Night at University College. Let's be very considerate to our first comedian, Jason Berkelman. All right. What a good looking crowd we have tonight. Oh, okay. Sorry for that. Anyway, I just broke up with my girlfriend. No! Your heteronormative relationship is exclusionary and prejudicial! Okay, um, so, I, uh, I just flew in, guys, and the snacks on airplane. <laughs> what, are you allergic to peanuts? Fear of flying was on a list of trigger warnings we sent you. Who are these people? We're the victims of your hate speech. We'll need to secure a safe place for our protesters. They seem angry. And here we go with the tone policing. Acknowledge your white privilege. I was going to with some of my jokes. Like this one. I went on vacation in Jamaica. Racist. With my dad. Patriarchist. He smoked pot, guys. It's funny. Mansplain the bigot. Jason, there's at least eight different genders in the audience right now. They're not all guys. Well, that, that now I feel like I can't say anything. Of course you can, Jason. This is a free speech zone. Okay. Huh. All right, so uh, what else is going on here? Stop offending me. You're worse than Hitler. Recently, Chris Rock came out, Greg, and said he doesn't perform on college campuses anymore because of this political correctness move. Jerry Seinfeld has said the same. 
Amy Schumer's being attacked by these types of folks. As a comedian, is it harder to be a comic these days for fear of offending people? Well, I think that um, there's the first wave of people you can offend, which is the ones in the crowd, and that's pretty rare. Uh, I find that um, you know the, the people that are in the audience get the context of what you're doing. You've already you've already told some jokes. Maybe you've sort of defined your voice a little bit. People get that you're being a little bit ironic. Uh, you know, like you, you might say something that you don't mean, but it's in a character of what you're doing on stage. The problem is when it then gets lifted and put on the Internet and then people judge it based on just that one bit standalone. It's like when they when you quote somebody in the newspaper and you grab, you know, one sentence that's so I th- I think it's it's worrisome. And I think comics are try to try to really keep an eye out that you don't see a red light on somebody's phone while you're performing. Because you look what happened to Kramer, right. you know? And I know – I used to watch Kramer in L.A. and he used to do these things and he would go screaming about Jews and the Holocaust and all this stuff. But he was clearly doing a character. He was doing a guy who was outrageous. Did he go too far that night? Yeah, but, you know, comedy's experimental, you know? And, and, and you got to give it some room to cross the line. Otherwise, how are you ever going to find the line? You're going to just always come up short of the line? Yeah, taking, uh, leaving aside, by the way, Greg Fitzsimmons will be at the Houston Improv, two shows tonight, 8 and 10.30, two shows tomorrow night, Saturday night, 7 and 9.30 p.m., improvhouston.com. It's a great place to watch. It's going to be comedy. really effing offensive. Very offensive, and you're going to scream the N-word at people who heckle you? I don't have to scream it. I find when I whisper it, I get even more of a reaction. <laughs> it's creepier that way. Yes. Now, I do a lot of jokes about race. You know, I do, I do stuff where we, we talk about... You know, I say, you know, the Irish, we get offended on St. Patrick's Day because everybody, everybody's got to get drunk and throw up so they can be Irish. I say, we don't do that to you guys in your holidays. Like on Rosh Hashanah, I don't like, oh, hey, let's go down to the bank and check our balances. <laughs> or, you know, hey, how was your Chinese New Year? It was awesome. I got into a senseless automobile accident. <laughs> how was your Black History Month? I showed up late, missed the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> and people laugh. But if you were to put that on paper and you put it out there, then you don't, you don't know how people are going to react to that. Right. Well, t- to me, and, and you understand the, what you're doing better than I do, to me, if we can laugh about something, we can conquer it. You're, the best comedy is about the things that make us most awkward, right? Uh, sex, race, growing old, dying. I mean, that's right. what comedy is supposed to be about. Right. And, you know, there, there, look, there are examples of comedy that I would call racist. You know, that's just because I think that you, you can start to draw your own crowd. And uh, the crowd you draw may not be in on the irony of what you're doing. Sometimes, like like with Dice Clay, I don't think he was being racist, but I think he started to draw a crowd of people that really were misogynistic and start and were really cheering some of the stuff that he was saying right. that was woman bashing. I didn't find it to be woman bashing, but. It, there, there is a line like, you know, with Jeff Dunham, some people would argue that some of the stuff he does really does in, encourage intolerance towards Muslims. Is that his intention? No, I think the guy's doing a character. But then you can start to judge the crowd a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like art is art and people will do with it what they want. Exactly. But, right. But uh, I do miss the hickory dickory doc intro. You can yeah. never, you know, it, it, there was a time. When I'm, I wasn't sure if I was laughing at with him 
or at him. Right. But his shtick was, it, it wasn't long, but boy, well, it was good. Well, and Kennison, who was the greatest, I yeah. mean, he was screaming crazy stuff. And to me, it's like, I don't have to agree with what a comedian says. Like, Nick DiPaolo, I think, is one of the greatest comics in the country. I don't agree with most, most of what he says. I don't have to. I have to just right. think that here's a guy who's got an opinion, and he's, and he's passionate about it, and that's funny. Yeah, I... Uh... Yes, and and I believe in the marketplace of every different type of comic, from Chappelle to a Kinnison to an Amy Schumer. I think it's important. The important thing being, it doesn't matter if you like them or not. Let right. them do their comedy. Right, right, I mean, that's, right. That's the whole. Uh, yeah, I mean, do we like Archie Bunker? I mean, the guy, the guy was uh, obviously a racist, but. He, you got the character. You got that he was a guy who was a working class man from a place who wasn't exposed to race, and it was at a certain time period where things weren't as evolved. And it's and he was funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's interesting to go back and see how that stuff doesn't hold up very well. Right. It, it's it's almost a parody or a caricature of a time when you go back and look at it. Greg Fitzsimmons, host of the Fitz Dog podcast, also heard on Sirius XM. On Twitter, Greg Fitz Show. He'll be at the Improv tonight, two shows, 8 and 10.30, tomorrow night, 7 and 9.30. You can find out more at ImprovHouston.com. I'll play you more of his stuff coming up in the next hour from our archives. Big fan. Glad to have you in town, buddy. Thank you very much. Greg Fitzsimmons. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Chad's not a fanboy of very many things, but he's a huge Greg Fitzsimmons fan. He loves anything in the kind of Joe Rogan world. Here is uh, more Greg Fitzsimmons. I wish I was a black guy. If you're a black guy, you shave your head, right? Look at this guy, any black guy. You'd be the ugliest black guy in California. You shave your head, every woman's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you ever see a white guy shave his head? Everybody's like, leukemia? Black guy's getting laid, I'm getting chemotherapy. It's not fair. <laughs> All right, this is inside baseball for you Andy Kaufman folks, so I'll make this quick. But several months ago on Greg Fitzsimmons' podcast, he had Bob Zamuda, who was supposedly Andy Kaufman's best friend and his behind-the-scenes partner in crime. Zamuda's promoting a new book that otherwise nobody would buy, so he's claiming that Kaufman faked his own death and is going to reappear so that he can get people to buy his book. And uh, there is some doubt even as to whether this was uh, this was staged, but I'm told it wasn't. It's just fun to watch Bob Zamuda blow up here. You want to stop the sale of this book tomorrow? Take a damn hoe 
and go over to fucking Bethel Cemetery where Andy is supposedly in a coffin and in 20 minutes with a backhoe, pop that open with a certified coroner, this, take this some blood, a, take some hair samples and both samples, you and you like, will see. Like, what? You know, seriously, I have all this respect for you, and I'm glad you come over, but you get into the oh, and it's just like, it, it's, it's Because like, I'm sick of idiots like you. Oh, now I'm, I'm an idiot. You in, well, you walk me in here, excuse me, you walk me in here and say, oh, I'm a big fan of yours and build me up and all this stuff, and underneath you're waiting to say, I'm you're, not, you're no. making this. Up. No, I'm just saying. But the, then you won't listen to what I have no, to say. I listen to it the entire I'm interview, telling, and everything's normal. Look, and Greg, then you get into listen, this. Listen, I got high blood pressure. Just, as it is, it okay? sounds you think? stupid, and you're better than that. And where why are you in you a year? Why don't you just listen to what I am saying? Go to John Martin. All right. Go to Universal yeah, Studios. And I'll dig up the body. Oh, yeah. well, now you got okay. an attitude. Yeah, I'll How dig about up my the attitude, attitude is I walk the fuck out of here. I don't give a shit. that. Yeah, that's how it ends. That's great. You have no release to use an interview that I just sat down for. Yeah, yeah, actually you do. You, you don't you don't need a release for that. Open line Friday, 713-212-5874. Jim, you're on the Michael Berry show. Go ahead. Hello, uh, Mr. Barry. It's an honor to be able to speak with you, sir. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, well, I had a quick question before we went to the main topic. And my question is, are the Libs going to force the Redneck Country Club to change their name because they're going to equate Redneck with the rebel flag? I don't know. It would be fun, though, if they try. It would be good publicity. Yes, sir. Now, the unemployment situation. I want to talk about stuff that I think a lot of times, Michael, you think people are lazy POSs that don't want to work. But people that have a career and things going on, they really don't care about the details. I'm going to give you some five-year-old statistics that are probably worse now. Females in the United States have 65% of the private sector employment positions, and they have 73% of the government positions, which includes local, county, state, federal, the police, fire, military. Where is this number from? Uh, I've gotten it from news. and uh, From what news? You, you wrote it down while it was being... Uh, where? Yeah, I wrote it down. I've had five years of using these statistics, Michael, because <laughs> I have a degree in... Yeah, I have... I have a degree in finance from 2007 in accounting in 2011 right. and can't even get an entry-level position in my own country, okay? Uh, now, uh, the government statistics includes the post office, K-12, through and the universities. And, and okay? so, so these so are statistics, so means, but you don't so know the means, source. So that means males have 35% of the jobs in the private sector. I don't believe that, percent of the government. Well... If you can prove it wrong, that would be great. I don't feel uh, the need to disprove something that isn't sourced. You just made it up. Are you sure it's not 95%? Well, you know, people source stuff on the Internet all the time that's accepted. I didn't get these from the Internet. Okay. They were gotten from other news sources, okay. shows, and stuff like that. Are you working uh, now? Uh, no, sir. I've been diligently looking. But For how long? 
Uh, well, off and on since 2011. Then I, you're I've not diligently been, looking, Jim. I've never been able to get anything in my field, so I've taken other things in the meantime. How long has it been since you had a full-time job? Uh, about three months. And what was that? It was a cashier job uh, at a place that was temporarily hiring people to staff up. Okay. And... So, but no, no, no. Let's get back to the situation. No, no, with we, we will. We will. Unemployment. Well, okay. I, I, hold, hold on, Jim. Here, here's why we can't just get back to the situation, because there are a lot of people like you who want to blame your own failures on some macroeconomic problem. Sure, we have problems with illegal immigration, but we don't have problems with too many women in the workforce. That's that's not the problem, and your problem is not illegal immigration considering what you do for a living. And your problem is not women. Your problem is you. And I can hear it. I can hear it 30 seconds into the call. Well, I understand that that's probably an issue, but you haven't been out there trying to look. Now, what I want to tell you is this. The fundamentally transformation of the United States that this Yahoo called for means that he increased the green cards and visas from a quarter million a year to a million a year in 08, and we have unlimited illegal insurgents rape, robbing, and pillaging us that, oh, they do jobs nobody else wants, right, especially the 170,000 of them that are in the state of Texas prison system alone. Now, None of that affects too, you, Jim. None of that affects you, what you when do. When you have me. too much of a commodity like oranges in a country, the price goes down. Yeah, but when you but, have when you have too many work, Jim, it's not when you have too many workers and not enough workers. Where you claim you want to be in the economy, none of these people are affecting that. If you want an entry level bookkeeping position, you could find one tomorrow without a degree. You don't want a job. You want to sit around talking about the end of the world and people that aren't white and people that are coming here and women because it makes you feel better about the fact that you're lazy and probably unemployable. But, Michael, here's the thing. You can't get entry-level jobs. Yeah, I could get an entry-level job tomorrow. And you know what? If I wanted to, I could get you a job. No, no, it's not because of connections. It's because of two feet that I know how to use and a phone and a voice. You don't want a job. Well, of course, it's Michael Berry. It's the Mike Berry Show. Michael Berry Show. Bureau of Labor Statistics says that uh, 47% of the jobs in the United States are held by women. 47%, not 65. Less than half, not two-thirds. Where'd you get that statistic? Uh, From the news. From what news? Just the news. So you listened to the news and wrote it down? Yeah. Yeah. What news? It's news. It's all news. News. Okay. I didn't get it from the internet. The internet is a platform. It's a platform. It's not a place. It's a it the internet is not a source. 
It is a place where sources post things, but the Internet is not a person or an organization. You cannot check the veracity of something based on the fact that it's from the Internet. Do you hear that joke from the Internet? Internet's funny. (laughs) Internet is not the guy on stage. Internet is the stage. Is that Jim from the last segment? Jim, you're back. Yes, hello. Yeah, I was just about to go off on fat white guys that sit around watching Fox News all day, proclaiming the end of the world and blaming their problems on everyone else. Although I give you credit for adding women to the mix, because that that doesn't come up very often, that don't really want to work. Well, that's true, because they're always complaining about the money that they claim is 68 cents on the dollar when they have a majority of the jobs. But let's get back to the brass tacks of it. Jim, I got to tell you, hold hold on, no, 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 I'm not going to let you finish. I first want to compliment you. I give you credit for calling back. I I really do. You, you've, you, you were at the bottom of my ladder of respect, but you've climbed up two rungs. Okay, go ahead. All right. I just wanted to compliment you, Jim. We're we're all being replaced. People born here, and even immigrants that have come here years ago. These young twenty-year-olds, Michael. They see they have no future in their country. Why? Because they're not getting jobs, Michael. And it's a government statistic that 80% of all the new jobs last year were taken by immigrants. I assume they mean legal jobs. So we're being replaced. There's not enough jobs out there. And all people like you do who have no inclination, no clue about what's going on, is criticize people for being lazy POSs I know. that don't want to work. Well, you're you, wrong. You're not. You're not supposed to criticize white people for being lazy, right? It's so much easier to blame other people, right? Well, that's true, Michael. Because I'm not blaming myself anymore. Okay, I've tried hard. When you do ten applications online and there's no uh, accountability with these HRs while they pass a cup of coffee back and forth between desks. That's wrong, man. No, it's not. No, it's not. They don't owe you anything. All I'm saying, Michael, is we're not getting the jobs here. And if you don't have jobs for Who is people, we? Who is we? I'm not sure who the we 93 is. 93 million unemployed Americans. Now, I don't have the facts for that, but I'm sure you can verify that's true. Well, let me okay? ask you this, Jim. All right. So I, when I, these young people aren't getting jobs and they have degrees... They're going to act out because they see there's no future in their country. So I tell you what, let's just keep flooding the people, this country, with more immigrants to take up all the jobs so that more people suffer. When you have too many workers, it keeps wages down, and it also increases a misery index for everybody that doesn't have a job. misery index. But people in your your, uh, stature in life... You don't give a crap about it. You don't care, and you just blame everybody, the individual. And that's what yeah, you I don't know. See. Isn't that awful, blaming you for your problems? It's so much easier to blame black people or women. I like that you brought women in, or illegal aliens. We should blame. I mean, I could come up with lots of reasons we could blame for you not having a job. But, Jim, I, I know you like to talk on a, on a global level, um, but let's talk about your particular case, shall we? I'd rather not. Well, but I don't understand how you can say you can't find a job and that's your experience, but you won't discuss your experience because, frankly, it won't hold up. All I'm saying, Michael, is I'm a decent person. I deserve a chance 
and I'm not getting it in my country. You understand? I've gone to print newspaper ads. There was one the other day in the Chronicle. Nobody one. hires that way, Jim. Just uh, Jim, a little life advice, a little life advice. You would do better to listen less, to talk less, and listen more, because I don't think your approach is working well. A couple of things for you. Number one, stop worrying about who's getting jobs out there. Jobs are not handouts. They're not goodies. They're not trick-or-treat candy, okay? Jobs are tasks that need to be performed. Somebody has a task that needs to be performed that they can't perform themselves, so they will pay the person less than they will make off of their labor. They will use their capital, give that capital to a person, usually with other means of of inputs like a sewing machine or a a computer or whatever else and a place to work and a telephone and air conditioning in some cases. And then they will have that person perform the task and then they will use their leverage to sell the fruit of that labor, right? That's how that works. Jobs are not goodies, Jim. You're not owed a job. Nobody is out to screw you over. Knock that big old chip off your shoulder. Get up off the couch. Stop watching daytime TV. Stop thinking about who you can sue and get rich. And start focusing on going out and entering the workplace. If you're so determined to enter the workplace. Or start your own business. And then nobody needs to hire you. But you don't want to work, Jim. That's the fact. You don't want to work. I disagree with you. Okay, and, let's uh, let's go I, back to your last job. You you were a cashier, right? Yeah, a blue collar job. That, oh, that that's really beneath was you, huh? Helping my no, it's not beneath me. But I'd like to see you go do it. I've done that job. Yeah, sure. I bet you wouldn't go do it on the weekends now. No, I don't need to. I'd rather be with my kids. I work oh. hard. You don't need to. I work hard, so I so I don't need to. No, I don't. You and know, I, I'm not ashamed of that. People aren't as smart as you, you know. Do you ever think of that? <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you would make a great character. All I'm saying is this. Oh, is I hate the We're being saying. replaced, and there's not enough jobs out there, and I don't care what you do. And by the way, females are in most of these HRs, and if they're foreign females, you can forget getting an <laughs> Done, interview. Huh? <laughs> okay, now listen. I interviewed. I I interviewed for an accounting job last year. Yeah. Through a temp agency. Yeah. They sent me there. I was fifteen minutes early. The lady that was supposed to interview me was in a meeting at the time the interview was set up. So three other people from the company came and interviewed me first. Well, while I was still waiting for her, I heard a guy yell, hey, get back here. And I opened the door where I was at, and two guys turned around and headed back the other way. So I hear somebody screaming that, one of the managers or owners of the company. So I finally get to my interview. It's with a Chinese woman who can barely speak any English. Like, how did she sound? She was Chinese, trust me. Okay. Uh, Are you sure she was Chinese? Because a lot of people just say Chinese. It turns out they're Vietnamese or one of the different E's. No, I can tell the difference. Plus, I spoke a few words in Chinese, so she she acknowledged it. Like what? What What did you say? I said ni hao and a couple other small words. I only know three or four. Okay. But you were so, trying to connect on her level. You were like, uh-huh. all right, you're a woman so, and a China so, woman at that. Uh-huh. 
Now, understand that my, my resume had been forwarded to her already. So one of the first things she asked me was, was I bilingual? Now, the dumb person had my resume, and she had no intentions of hiring anybody that wasn't Chinese. So it was a big waste of time for me and a big waste of time. How does she know you're not Chinese? Hold on just a second, Jim. I want to hear the end of the story. I, I feel your I feel your plight. Hold on. I'm I'm growing more and more sympathetic. The Michael Berry Show. How's you doing? This here is Shirley Q. Licker. Well, it's that time of year again for the report card. And uh, when you got 19 children like I do, you don't just get a piece of paper or something. Lord, no, they call us a meeting down there at the church. Me and all them children and all their teachers and all their parole officers and everything, we all have to gather down there. With me sitting at the head of the table, it's like the Lord's Supper except for ignorant asses. Because everyone in the church been fail something. Oh, and they just go on and on about it, talking about uh, I'm lowering their standards and they can't pass their uh, state mandatory test behind it. Now, I said, look, y'all the teachers. I said, I'm their mother. My job is to uh, give them water, to keep them, you know, let them, let them sleep somewhere and then to feed them. I said, beside that, they on their own. Uh, yes, y'all going to have to do something with them. I said, they look what they IQ they got from me. I know I'm subclinical genius, but... The daddies of these children was ignorant. I had good judgment when I was younger. I was kind of ignorant, but only in that way. But anyway, I, so we, after all the hour and a half of listening to all this complaining, I finally pulled a hammer out of my purse and just went beating on the table. I told them, case dismissed. I said, I'm through with this parent-teacher conference. This is a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time. It ain't nothing going to be get did up in here. And I'm through. And I sure enough stepped on out. <laughs> and one of the lady was hollering, we need your signature. I said, you sign it. Put an X on there. <laughs> Shoes. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be aggravated. I'm off my medication. Tell your mama how she do. I want to talk about Jim's call. He didn't choose to stay with us. I, um. Uh, I want to address the issue um, that he first started with, which is this idea that everything's gone wrong in the world and somehow identifying that with his own personal problems. Some of you um, won't like to hear this because you will realize I'm talking about you, no one in particular other than Jim, but you will realize that these facts are true of you. There are too many 40-year-old fat white men listening to conservative talk radio from early in the morning until coast to coast with some Fox News in between, convinced that your own personal failures can all be attributed to some guy in Mexico 
or down the street from you who started in Mexico or some Indian computer programmer or Chinese scientist or women or gays or transgenders or Bruce Jenner and it's all gone to hell. No, your world is hell because you make bad decisions. Whether Bruce Jenner is a man or a woman and whatever he wants to think he is is not affecting your job search. But it's in the Bible! Yes, it is in the Bible. I don't think people should be as worried about Bruce Jenner as they should be on their own personal life. And there's too much of it. Corey Smith wrote the song, uh, I Love Everyone, because uh, he was at a bar in Kentucky singing country music. And a guy came up and said, I hate and rattled off, you know, 10 different groups of people that he hated. Just like you. Buy you a beer. And he said, whoa, is that what you're taking from my music? Because I don't hate people. I love people. And that was the genesis of that song. There are people that take, just like we were talking with Greg Fitzsimmons, the uh, comedian earlier, uh, you know, there are people that take a character and and from that character take many things. They look at Andrew Dice Clay, for instance, and it, it, it simply validates positions they already had, and they don't see the comedy in it. There's, yeah, Dice, go get him! And so it's sort of like a great piece of art, or for many people, the Bible. There are multiple interpretations of, of what it is. Our problems with illegal immigration are not Jim's problem. First of all, he's not trying to get a job as a cherry picker. If he were, then you could argue that that's the, that's the problem. I'm not in any way diminishing the importance of the problems facing our country because of decisions that people are making. What I am trying to do is suggest that those problems should not prevent you from success. And if you're using those problems to dismiss your own failings, I think that's a bad choice. Many people don't realize they're doing it, but they are. Many people don't realize they are doing that, but they are. I'll give you a great example. Buddy of mine, Ken Vallier. He was working for Orkin when I met him two years ago. And he would show up in his Orkin shirt and his Orkin van. Ken, what are you making? And he told me. And I said, Ken, a grown man ought not make that much money if he's going to stand out in the heat all day and work and show up every day the way you do. You need to own your own business. And I got in his ear. And it and it just ate at him and ate at him and ate at him. And he got his ducks in a row. He lined everything out. And with damn near not a dime in his pocket, he bought out a buddy that had a, a company called a Goodspeed Pest Control. Talking, Michael Berry says, I got to own my own business. I don't know. I'm, I just don't see. I just don't know if I can do that. And the guy said, I'm actually looking to wind mine down. How about you buy my business, including this asset of my truck, and you buy my customer list, and you you keep, and and we'll phase me out, and you pay me out over a couple of years, and he did. He 
He's already paid the guy off. Now, that sounds like a story with a great ending. But let me ask you this. I don't know how old Ken is. Maybe he's 45. It's hot as hell outside right now. Would you like to know that every day for the foreseeable future, you're going to have to get up rain or shine and trudge through mud and mosquitoes and termites and the heat and everything else? Well, Ken does it, and now he's very successful. Guess what he doesn't do? Sit around bemoaning the porous border. He gets out and busts his butt. The Michael Berry Show. Michael Berry Show. tell you something i uh with regard to jim the uh, jim is not an anomaly he's typical there's a lot of people sitting around who either don't want to work or have developed a defeatist mentality and let me say this um i, I don't know if it's because people listen to the show and Therefore, they think that um, this is what I'm obsessed with. But this is something that comes up very often. People will come up to me and say, Michael, big fan of the show. Thank you. Always happy to hear that. Michael, what are we going to do? I'm going to have a beer because we're at a bar. (laughs) Well, but you want something? Get you something. If you'll promise not to talk about the end of the world. Michael, it's man, it's, I read the other day, I read this guy, he wrote on, uh, 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 somebody sent it to me, somebody sent it to me, he wrote on the uh, internet that uh, it's uh, it's over, I mean, it's, it's over, what, uh, Republicans never win again, well, I'm not sure Republicans are our salvation, but, well, okay, um, sure you don't want a beer? It's over, Michael, it's over, I mean, it's, I mean, you, 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 I mean, I, I, I never met. I watch, I listen to your show, and um, and I go to Fox News, and I listen to Rush every day, and I listen usually first hour of Hannity, and uh, Michael, it's, I mean, it's bad. It is bad, Michael. Bad. You sure you don't want a beer? Because I, I think somebody's calling me over there. There is this. There is this mentality that the only way you're a good citizen in America today is if you're just constantly bemoaning how miserable things are. Nobody ever changed anything using that tone. Nobody ever sold a product 
using that tone. Nobody ever proposed and was, and she said yes using that tone. Nobody ever fixed anything walking around moaning and groaning. It's awful. It is absolutely awful. And when people lampoon right-wing radio, that's the caller they're talking about. And in my opinion, any host worth his salt shouldn't tell that guy how great he is. He should point out exactly what that guy really needs to hear, which is get off your fat ass and fix your problem. We could fix the border tomorrow. We could take all the women out of the workplace. We could send the foreigners back to wherever they came from. And you still wouldn't have a job. <laughs> Let that sink in for a minute. Now you got nobody to blame for your problems, do you? That changes everything. Well, I'm a good person. You think people that aren't good people walk around saying, Michael, I'm a bad person. No. Everybody thinks they're a good person. Everybody thinks they're a decent person. Everybody thinks that they they could do the job. But it's not true. Take your life into your own hands. <laughs> people lose weight. It's always interesting to me that there'll be people in the in the kitchen and they're heat they're heating up their fried uh apple pie in the microwave, which is not even actually going to be any good because it's a it's a frozen fried apple pie, but whatever. They're eat, heating up their fried apple pie in the microwave and somebody will have lost weight. And go, oh man, you look great. You lost so much weight. Well, thank you. How'd you do it? Because there's always some way you did it that requires no exercise. And no dietary change. How'd you do Did you did you just like did you eat a burger at three every day and you used to eat at four? What'd you do? And the person will say, "Well, uh, portion control, and uh, I space my meals out, and I don't eat big meals late at night, and I also started walking two mi- two miles a day." Okay, well, uh, I mean, you look good. And I'll go pick up the box because I'm an ass. I'll go pick up the box of the apple pie that they're heating up and uh, I'll turn it over and look at the fat grams and the sodium and read it out. Yeah, I really don't think that was part of their program. But enjoy your apple pie. If you're going to be fat and eat bad foods, just be fat and eat bad foods. Don't stop people in the hallway and ask them what special diet they went on. Walton and Johnson came up with the Walton and Johnson diet, I don't know how many years ago, but I've always loved it. Eat less and move around. It's that simple. Well, guess what? Finding a job or paying your bills is that simple. And if nobody else will hire you because you have a stutter, because you're disabled, because you're uh, ugly, because what, then create your own job. There are lots of tasks that need to be performed for which you can be compensated. That's not that hard to understand. But what people need is a little more buck up. And what we need to do is we need to stop encouraging this nonsense. Just because you go to Tea Party rallies on Saturday and wave a flag and don't like Obama, and he's ruining America, Michael. Him and the illegals and the women and the blacks for sure – and even the Mexicans that have been here for like a hundred years, because they're all just really Mexicans anyway. And then plus Bruce Jenner, it's all just all garbled up together, and it's killing us. I think you have a problem, and those people are not 
your problem. Your problem starts at home, and you use those people as foils to keep from having to look in the mirror. Yeah, anybody that's blaming their problems on the rise of Bruce Jenner, well, I guess that's not possible anymore, on the ascendance of Bruce Jenner needs to find a little more focus on the mirror in the bathroom. By the way, I am very proud of the fact that I get to work with a team of people. Mine might be mostly the only voice you hear on this show. There are a team of very talented people, some of whom do it for the pure love of the game, Ramon. They don't get paid. They love the show and love what we're doing, like Sandy Peterson and Tom Wren, who created a graphic that we put on Facebook that has reached 22 million people, 96,000 likes, 202,000 shares, comparing Tim Tebow to Bruce Jenner and the reactions of people. It's just a little simple meme, meme so perfectly done, and it turns out it's just about to break the Internet. Callers, I know you all been holding. I'll go to you straight out of the break. I promise, if I remember. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Alan in Austin, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead. Thank you, Michael. Uh, I appreciate you coming back. Uh, some of us do have to work in America. And my call in was just about Jim, Jimbo. Stop being a crier uh, and go get a job or make a job. And That's it. Uh, I hope you didn't hang up on Michael's uh, show because what he's been espousing here for the last uh, two breaks, which I've been on hold, is exactly what you have to do to get a job. Either get in the insurance sector or make a job, Jim. Okay. You know, and if you have to start crying at your interviews, maybe they'll have sympathy on you. If they're hiring hire women, you. right? Okay, Michael. Because apparently they're hiring all the women, so maybe he could start crying. Well, Michael, let's not bring gender into this. Okay, <laughs> I know you like to bring, talk about Kate Jenner, but uh, Kate uh, Jenner. Let's hopefully she gets back to where she needs to be. Uh, she's a, a desperate soul, and there's a lot of women like that that are desperate. So. Yeah, let's, let's hopefully we don't have to go there. Yeah, but maybe they can cry a little harder, too, and uh, maybe somebody will have a sympathy you, on You that. think that might help? Thanks for the call, buddy. You know, Marcus Luttrell has a, a group called Team Never Quit, and they put on an event called Patriot Tour, and I'm proud of the fact that we're hosting them in November, and it's going to be a fun time. And Marcus, for years, has uh, spoken at uh, corporate events. And you may wonder, well, well, what is a guy that's been a military guy? What is the message? You know, what would he have to say to companies? Or more importantly, why would they want him to come other than the fact that 
you know, we sort of hero worship guys like him who've been through what he's been through because none of us ever will. And there is, you know, a deep admiration, but you can't just stand and admire the guy. There has to be some sort of a speech, right? There has to be some sort of words. And I think that the reason he has done so well, the reason he is in such high demand, they just had the, they just kicked off another Patriot tour. And they just had their first two shows, and I think they have one coming up. I was trying to look, but I didn't get a chance. Um, we've had an incredible response to our show in November, and then they're going to be in Galveston right after that, and they'll be in several cities in Texas. They're going to be in Salem, Oregon. So for our listeners in Portland, uh, I'll get you that date in just a minute. But I think the reason corporate executives gravitate to his message, even though it's set on a battlefield, is because if you listen to this guy talk, it's not about killing people. They had to kill people or get to kill people, depending on your perspective. It is about a mindset of refusing to fail. That's why he called the company, the group, the organization, Team Never Quit. And I was fortunate enough to get to spend a weekend uh, with Marcus and his buddies uh, at a SEAL reunion. And one of the things I noticed about this group of guys is – if someone, if someone is wounded, if someone has a, dis- a war-related disability, there is no quit in these people. They refuse to fail. And that's what we need to encourage other people to do. We can, we can talk about the problems, and we can work to fix them. But in your own life... You have to refuse to fail. You wake up with a headache or hungover, you don't call in sick. Somebody needs something done, you go do it. You can't find someone to get it done, you do it yourself. It is a mentality. And I think the kind of guys that that go to Bud's are the kind of guys that signed up to serve and then realize they can do more. And I think they're the kind of guys that love a challenge. There are people in this life that love a challenge. And if you're hiring people, hire those people. Because it's not about getting a job or keeping a job. or It's about a mentality of success or refusing to fail. I got a text from Melanie Luttrell, Marcus's wife, the other day, Sunday night. And she said, hey, our first two Patriot tours of the year were fantastic. And I'm looking, and it looks like those were in Chicago and Milwaukee. Next will be uh, Fort Worth on July 24th, and then San Antonio on July 25th, and then Trenton, New Jersey on July 31st, and then Boston on August 1st and going on. And they'll be with us in Houston on November 13th at the Redneck Country Club. And two weeks before that, uh, three weeks before that, they'll be in Galveston at that beautiful, uh, the Grand 1894 Opera House. Beautiful place. Anyway, um, 
So she says the first two shows have been fantastic. So much fun. We've had great reviews. And guess what? Now listen to this, Ramon. Process this. Our Navy SEAL, David Goggins, this is one of Marcus's best friends, one of the few black Navy SEALs. There are not very many. And uh, Marcus says this guy is is a physical specimen, the likes of which Navy SEALs look up to him. And she said, our our Navy SEAL and ultra-endurance athlete and speaker, he's part of the tour, David Goggins, is going to run to the Patriot Tour show at your club, the RCC, from Nashville. He's going to run from Nashville into the Patriot Tour and arrive that day. Yep. He's running from Nashville. To, she says, yep, that's right. He's running from Nashville to Houston. He has 20 days to do it, 780 miles. 780 miles. That's 39 miles a day. That's a marathon and a half for 20 straight days, Ramon. And then she says, he just ran from Nashville to Indianapolis. That is a beast. That's Forrest Gump-esque right there. He's running from Nashville to Houston. So that's why the Patriot Tour sells out. That's why companies have a guy who is a soldier, a warrior, come and speak to people that are doing spreadsheets and sales because the mentality transfers. The idea that whether you win or lose is up to you. The idea that even if the ref makes bad calls, even if it rains on the job site, even if you have a disability, if your mindset is, I will not quit, I will not lose, eventually you'll win. And what I hear from a lot of you in your emails are um, that he was whining. You talk about his tone because the tone is what bothers Ramon, you're going to get in trouble for this. Ramon, put on the screen. Dude, I'll go pick him up. That's not even nice, Ramon. You've got the Michael Berry Show. Berry Show. Davidson. He was a law partner of my wife's at uh, Lock, Lord, and Bissell. Uh, he and his beautiful wife had two children, and they, we used to have a ranch out in Carmine. And before we had kids, they would come out and bring their kids. And I always enjoyed kind of being the uncle to those kids. And Chance died um, 
October 14th of 2013, and he was uh, two months short of his 14th birthday. He was 13 when he died, and he'd had cancer for several years. Chancellor Ryan Davidson is his name. He went by chance, and uh, it affected everyone who knew the family and, the, and this wonderful little boy tremendously. So they created a foundation called Chance for Hope, and their first uh, fundraiser was, um, I don't know, probably four or five months ago. And so the event is almost over, and we're all very caught up in the moment because this is an event honoring Chance. There was a concert. A lot of people, everyone was feeling good about you know the Davidsons. This was helping them through their grieving process. And the money goes to help um, families whose children have severe forms of cancer uh, deal with uh, uh, the expenses of so so they've gone in and they've rented apartments and transportation so those families it's kind of like a Ronald McDonald House concept because they were lucky enough to live here in Houston but you know a lot of people aren't anyway so this the, the auction's almost over my wife said why don't we do a dinner at our house I'll cook and um, put it out there on the auction okay so we did this guy paid. I didn't know him, but uh, he paid a lot of money for the dinner. So we wanted to make a special occasion out of it. Can I get my cornbread song again? Because that's what made me think of it. And uh, his name is Mike Prokop, super nice guy. And uh, he just, instead of it being a couple's thing, he invited some of his buddies. And so there were, I think, eight of them that came. And my wife got up this morning and went through the toll they took on the alcohol. (laughs) There were 10 bottles of wine drank, a case of beer, a bottle and a half of bourbon, an entire bottle of Balvenie scotch. And I'm betting none of them are awake yet. I'm betting they're hurting right about now. It was a good night. It was a fun night. So um, the cornbread part was that Jessica came and cooked. Jessica said, don't let Nundee cook. Let me cook. So she came over and she made pickled shrimp and deviled eggs. I'm not a deviled eggs fan, but people tell me hers are fantastic. I, I don't, if I don't like them, I don't like them. I don't have to like them. You can't bully me. And uh, a grilled quail. That was the appetizer. Appetizers. And then it was fried chicken. And it was the flakiest, most Crisco-laden, delicious fried chicken you've ever eaten in your life. Oh, mashed taters that were whipped real th- oh so good delicious mashed taters and you could see the butter like the butter was kind of oozing out and collard greens with some thick cut fat back in it oh like it's supposed to be and then the coup de gras cornbread and it was cornbread the way cornbread's supposed to be ladies if you're making cornbread, please, I'm going to give you some advice. For you. Your husband may not tell you, but I'm going to tell you. We don't want spongy cornbread. We want it thicker like a brick. We, we want some texture to it. We don't want spongy. If you're doing spongy, you're doing it wrong. This ain't angel food cake. And we don't want it to be moist and greasy. We want it to be dry like my grandmother used to make, kind of buttermilky. And for the love of anything decent, I know you young ladies, your mother was 
part of the Teflon generation. Teflon is the death of good cooking. You can't cook a good meal out of Teflon. Make him do the dishes and cook for him out of Teflon, out of a, a iron skillet. I guarantee he'll take that trade. It's got to be out of an iron skillet. And if you can, if you can whoop up a good cornbread, you can own a man. I mean, own a man. And that's all I have on that subject, Ramon. <clears throat> Did you see what old Donnie Meismer posted on the interwebs? <laughs> Let me see if I can find it again. It was was very touching, very touching. He's one of our favorite Marines. He said, I want to die quietly in my sleep like my grandpa, not screaming in terror like his passengers. <laughs> By the way, uh, all you Marines out there, November 10th, as you know, is the Marine Corps birthday. And mines, Ramon, don't forget. November 10th is the Marine Corps birthday. Speaking of which, Ramon didn't tell us his birthday was coming up, and his wife, Amy, shame on her, uh, didn't remind us because the baby shower was Tuesday. So we didn't – it is our uh, tradition here on Michael Berry Show that when a show team member has a birthday, we bring in fried chicken and eat – so much that we tear our stomachs up. That's what we do. That's how we show our love for each other. And so uh, we've got fried chicken coming right after the show. Are you leaving, Ramon? Did you not know that? Oh, that might have been a surprise. I just realized that might have been a surprise. You know well, I'm a chicken fried. Sometimes I'm Chaz not going to be happy. I just looked at the email. It was, uh, you were not copied on that email. So that was supposed to be a surprise. I just bungled that one. But anyway, so we're doing that after the show today. So I will be spending my afternoon on the turlet. (laughs) I ain't even mad at you. (laughs) I ain't even mad at you. Oh, that's good right there. We should take calls from the people. These people, they wait so long. They're such good people. Jeff, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Yes, sir. How about Jim? I want to tell him about my my company right now. I'm working. Hang on. I'm, I'm six years old. I, I just I have Parkinson's disease. I'm not looking for another job. Jeff, I, did I, you I, call I, back? Yes, sir, I did. This is the callback day. Yes, sir, it is. I, I'm very proud to say that I'm not going to be giving any credit for anything I've ever done. I, 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 military activity. I went from being a captain in the Army to working minimum wage, going to go to Wendy's. I was able to take take to provide my family. And look I've at you. Done, I've you, always done stuff. You're getting it done. I will tell you the truth, Jeff. I can't understand 10% of what you say, but we've talked before, and I know your story. And the longer I listen and the more I concentrate, I pick up your speech patterns, and I do begin to understand it. And I, I'm almost tempted to go back and be your translator because I want people to understand what you're saying and your story about how Parkinson's has basically collapsed his vocal cords and made it damn near impossible to speak, and yet here's a veteran that gets up and gets out there every day. I mean, how would you like to go through life, Ramon? You heard how hard it was to understand his conversation. How would you like to go through life like that every day? A lot of people ball up, Jim ball up on a couch, sit there and watch Fox News all day and uh, end up wanting to buy a hover round or they got a new one now. Have you seen it? It's a car cane. 
it's kind of the help I fall and I can't get up. You attach it to the car to get you lift you up. He'd be sitting around buying gold and survivalist food, but not Jeff. He's getting out there and humping it. The Michael Berry Show continues. Well, I threw myself a party, but it was just the other day. Well, my wife wasn't there, but my old buddies were, cause somebody was going away. Well, I've lived in this town for a lifetime, and I've sinned from beginning to see. And the preacher at our congregation, he knew just how to get into me. Well, it's stand there so high on his pulpit. And I knew when he talked of my soul But that preacher, he died there with all of my lies And my sins went with him when they put him in a hole My sins went with him when they put him in a hole Well, bless my heart, let the good times roll My sins went with him when they put him in a hole Well, he drove a Ford Fiesta what the hell kind of car is that? Well, he drive around here trying to flush out a queer Or the man that run over his cat But his heart could yeah, take okay. Queer means different Not typical You heard of queering the deal? You just messed it up Queer's not a bad word You thought that was gay people? If people call themselves that, then uh, it's not a bad word anymore. You can use the N-word. I used the N-word two weeks ago because the president is. Yeah. In fact, the gay people now say, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. So you can say queer. It's not a bad word. As long as you capitalize the Q. That's like that's the one. People are like, uh-uh, you're not going lowercase on me. No, sir. <laughs> You know what we're in the mood for? Well, let's take one more call. We haven't taken a call from a woman in a while. And I don't know if it's Andrea or Andrea, but I've never met an Andrea that wasn't gorgeous. So let's go to Andrea. Andrea, you are yes. on the Michael Berry Show. Yes, sir. Are you Andrea or Andrea? Andrea. Oh, I like Andrea better. Can you be Andrea for this call? I can be. You can call me whatever you want as long as you call me when it's time to eat. All right. But um, I was listening earlier um, talking about all these people stressing out about jobs. I own a HVAC company, mm-hmm. and we are. Have you called begging. before? Yes, sir. You are a pushy little thing. I like you. <laughs> Thank you. I like you too. Um, we need people so bad. We we hire veterans. We offer paid health insurance, like one hundred percent. Paid. Yeah, but you got to work out in the heat. I don't work out in the heat. Well, see, that's a problem. And you have to be able to pass a background test and a drug test, and you have to have papers to work in this country. You have to be legal. So we employ uh, a lot of veterans. Um, we have uh, a paid time off to vote. How come you won't let them smoke pot? Well, because they're dealing with, like, tools and stuff, and sometimes when you're a little bit high, you might drop something on somebody else, and it could be dangerous. 
Producer Kenny <laughs> smokes pot every single day, and we let him uh, use our tools here. He's got but his own. He use, he's got a soundboard. Heavy tools on a ladder. Oh, it's heavy. He's got okay. a soundboard. He's got a computer. He's got a microphone. Well, and to be honest with you, personally, I don't have a problem with that, but the okay. state has a problem with it. So you know, y'all are required <laughs> to drug test. We hey, are, let me well, ask you a question. We're I not saw something. Other, but. I saw something the other day for a AC product. And I know you're going to go, oh, it's not any good because you think everybody has to hire you and pay you for it. But there, it was a black bottle, and it was like the old Freon. When I was growing up, you buy your own Freon, and you could you could just hit your car with it. I couldn't, right. but I knew people that could. And then they made, you know, then Freon was going to eat a hole in the ozone. They went stupid about everything. But right. now there's some product that's like AC repair or something. And they showed it, and it looked like you were just tapping into there, and you didn't have to be a professional to do it. Do you know what that is? I know what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you can follow directions, you could probably do that. The thing about the system is that once you've got a leak in it, that little thing is only going to, that little bitty bottle is probably only going to keep you going for a couple of days until you get somebody out there. That's not a permanent fix. That's a, I don't want to call somebody and pay overtime on a Sunday. I'm going to do this instead. And, and there's, a, there's a place for that. Right. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, not everybody wants to pay those overtime charges. I, I get that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's fine. You want to keep running around the house for emergency to get you through till Monday. But uh, that little bitty bottle like that is probably not going to do very much. And once you've got a leak, you've got a leak. I mean, you can't repair. That's not a repair. That's a Band-Aid. Hmm. Well, if you have duct tape. You, well, yeah, you can't. If you've got a hole in your condenser or something like that, you're not going to be able to fix that with that. Not true. I your, just read 20, 23%. <laughs> Of air conditioned line uh, leaks can be repaired with duct tape for up to four years. Well, okay. Well, I still feel like that's kind of a temporary fix. Oh, so now you know more than the internet. Probably. (laughs) What is the name of your company? Dependable Comfort Air Conditioning and Heating. So, a friend of mine named James McLaughlin, he's the one that works on the AC at my house. Mm-hmm. He was out at the RCC Wednesday night, and uh, the night went late. It, it was actually a really, really pretty night. It, it wasn't hot. I don't know if you remember, but it was it, 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 like a breeze was coming through. The temperature dropped. We're sitting out there way too late for a school night. And uh, and so, and so he said, I'm going back inside. And he's sweating. He could stand to lose about 45 pounds, but he's sweating <laughs> like a whore in church. And it just, it's awful. I'm going back inside in the air conditioning. And somebody said, you're in the air conditioning business. You get air conditioning all day. And I said, no, that's the whole point. Nobody calls the AC man when the AC is working. He never gets AC. That's right. Do y'all make good money in that business? We do all right. Is it a family-run business? Yes, sir. Are you ashamed to say y'all make money? It's like you think people will go, oh, I'm not going to pay you that. I heard you on a Michael Berry show, and y'all are making a bunch of money. And then you'd get out, and you get in your new brand-new truck, and they go, see? Mm-mm. Hell no. I drive a, a GT500 Cobra Mustang. I'm not ashamed of that at all. And, you know, the thing is, when my husband and I started this company, we started it with the very last pennies that we had in the corner of a bedroom and blood, sweat, and tears and 80 and 90-hour weeks of work for three or four years. That means now y'all make it. If you told that whole story, that means y'all are making a bunch of money. Shame on you. I know. It's, te- it's terrible. You wouldn't hire. The- you wouldn't hire him, though. You don't want to hire Jim. You know what's funny, Andrea? I've had about 25 emails from people saying, hey, tell Jim he can come over here. I'll hire him right now. No, I don't want you to hire him because 
we shouldn't we shouldn't offer people jobs as some sort of entitlement or to shut them up because they're whining. Jobs are for tasks that need to be completed. And if you enjoy performing that task and you're good at it and you're willing to pay your work for what they offer, then that's how the marketplace works, not because you complain. Ramon, 65% of our Michael calls Barry today Show have been continues. from women. Get on. Chance McClain did the Happy Birthday America song. <laughs> How awesome was that? I think we should pull that back out before we get out of the month of July. What do you say? This is a song about America, the greatest country ever born. It's a song about freedom, liberty, and you and me, tis of thee. Happy Birthday America! America is the home of Uncle Sam and fireworks and picnics and muscle cars. It's a place where Mount Rushmore is on the Mount Rushmore things that are badass. We remember the Alamo and 9-11 and the Cosby Show and Dale Earnhardt and Biggie Boat. Drive-in movies, apple pies, blue jeans, and we thank God for the Emancipation Proclamation. We invented the freaking internet. Rock and roll, barbecue, chewing skull bandit, Smokey and the Bandit. The home of Mark Twain, Slam Dunk, Starbucks, Stars and Stripes, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, Hawaii, an awesome national anthem, Betsy Ross, the Super Bowl, Monopoly, pickup trucks, the Simpsons, Opal Renfrey, Frisbee Golf, Golden Gate Bridge, S'mores, Harley Davidson motorbikes, Yellowstone, Slip and Slides, Etch a Catch, Coca-Cola, Flip Flops, and that San Diego chicken thing, and them wieners in Milwaukee. We got the Great Lakes and a Great Salt Lake full of our brother and sister Mormons. Roller coasters, Hubba Bubba Bubble Gum, Big League Chew, Bonnie and Clyde, Religious Freedom, Freedom of Press, Free Speech, Hippies, Hipsters, Hip Huggers, Tree Huggers. We got gay folks getting married coast to coast, and that is just fine with most. Burritos the size of pillows, Elvis Presley, Pixar, Cowboys, Indians, the NRA, NSA, the NAACP, Spring Break, Cracker Jacks, and every summer, Michael Bay blows shit up. Willie Nelson is a hero. States where you can legally smoke weed but not buy it. Other states where you can buy it but not smoke it. And still others where you can't do either. And that's just fine because America. Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity, building force, Judge Judy, BB gun wars, fraternity paddle parties, x-ray glasses in the back of comic books, G.I. Joe, Nike, Navy SEAL, South Park, Gold Retrievers, Franklin, Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, Roosevelt, Clinton, W, double arches, double dates, double mint gum, double headers, and double the freedom of anywhere else on this here planet. So we may not be perfect, but we're about as damn close as it gets. And we may make more serial killers in other countries, but we also make Apple computers in China, but they're still ours. And we send billions of dollars to countries that oppress their people. And we may send our troops that don't want to go into countries that don't want us there for reasons we don't know, but damn it, they're our troops. 
So we have and will always have their backs and welcome them home with open arms. So when other countries or people bitch at you for being American, just give them a funny look and tell them that you can't hear them over the sound of your freedom. And you can't read their lips because the liberty is blinding you. This is America. time I hear that, <laughs> I hear something else in there that makes me laugh. Oh, Chance is a is a uh, creative dude. He is a creative dude. He he started in radio. He used to be over at six ten, the sports guys, and he was part of the group that started uh, fifteen sixty uh, the game when uh, Granado and Lance Zerline went over there. And he was the program director over there. They did some creative. They were a rival station to the ones I was running here with Clear Channel. But I, I, I admired that they did some very creative things. And so when I first met him, the mutual friend of ours, Joey Wright, I could rattle off five things that he had done that I remembered off the top of my head that had made me laugh. He was like, but you were at a different. I don't care. I mean, good is good. Funny is funny. Chance made a uh, another. He's the one that does the John Wayne McCornin bits for us. But he made another one. Uh, if y'all remember, they were they were going to put in a water park down in, in Lake Jackson. It was going to be a Christian themed water park, and we thought that was very amusing. And if you don't, then you take yourself too seriously. But he made this little bit for that, if you remember. God has built a water park just for you and me. Just like Moses parts in the Red Sea. He's built it for all of God's boys and girls. It's the greatest water park in the world. Sing ye first the kingdom of God and his water park. Slim Thug has come out with a song called Chuch, C-H-U-U-C-H, and it features Joel Osteen. Uh, Church representatives at Lakewood have said that uh, the church did not authorize it necessarily. They could make him pull it down if they wanted to. But I don't think they will. It's actually not half bad. I sort of enjoyed it. I want to talk to you today about the right people. Who you spend your time with will have a great impact on what kind of life you live. There are people God has already ordained to come across our path to help us fulfill our destiny. People that inspire us, challenge us, make us better. The right people have already been lined up. But here's the key. If you're spending time with the wrong people, you'll never meet the right ones. If you're hanging around people that are not going anyplace, people that are dragging you down, causing you to compromise, draining your energy, then you're going to get stuck. You can't hang out with chickens and expect to soar with eagles. You're going to become like the people you continually associate with. You want to know what you're going to be like in five years? Look at your friends. 
If your friends are going places, have a spirit of excellence, kind, generous, courteous, so, then those so wait, qualities let, are going to rub off. Let me get this straight. Joel Osteen can sell out Madison Square Garden three nights in a row. Unheard of. Slim Thug takes Joel Osteen's sermon, puts a little bed under it, and now he's going to sell it and make a bunch of money. <laughs> Wait a second. I could have done that. Why didn't I think of that? Damn it. Ramon, we got to think about who we're going to, uh, who we're going to uh, honor on the drive home today. You know, when nine people were killed in South Carolina by that little white punk, we immediately knew their names. We heard from their families. These four Marines killed in Chattanooga yesterday, did they not have names? Did they not have families? Do we not want to hear from their families, whether they forgive or not? Do we not want to hear how much they're hurting? That's it. That's your thought. I'll leave the hour with that thought.